I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are a failing nation. We are a nation in decline. He's back... Bigger, bolder, and brasher than ever. And now these radical left lunatics want to interfere with our elections by using law enforcement. It's totally corrupt, and we can't let it happen. This is the final battle. With you at my side, we will demolish the deep state. The race to become the president of the United States of America is kicking off in earnest this month as Republicans begin to vote on who will be their candidate in the election. Donald Trump is storming ahead in the polls, and if he wins the Republican nomination, then Joe Biden could be in real trouble. Donald Trump continues to be strong in the polls. Uh, He does. There is a Wall Street Journal poll that came out that had him with a four-point lead over Joe Biden. That's within the polls' margin of error. So far in the campaign, Trump fans have enjoyed a rerun of his greatest hits. Think America first and tearing up green policies. But he's also causing genuine alarm among some voters by taking a much more extreme stance on immigration. They're ruining our country. And it's true. They're destroying the blood of our country. That's what they're doing. They're destroying our country. President Biden's re-election campaign denounced the comments, saying Trump parroted Adolf Hitler. And there are fears that Trump himself has encouraged that he could lead the land of the free into a dictatorship. Quote, the greatest threat Trump poses is to the country's democracy. So what might a second Trump presidency look like? What have we learned from the campaign so far? You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, Trump harder. What will Trump 2.0 stand for? I'm David Charter, and I'm the US editor of The Times, based in Washington, D.C. David, you've done that rare thing of writing a piece about Donald Trump, but trying to get past all the bluster, and God knows there's a lot of it. Tell us how you set about writing this piece. Well, what's fascinating about Trump 
in this election, and I must say it's very different to the last one, is that he's been setting out a lot of policy ideas. He went into the 2020 election and the Republican Party didn't even have a manifesto. But this time, there are several dozen videos on the campaign website. Today, I'm announcing my plan to shatter the left-wing censorship regime and to reclaim the right to free speech for all Americans. And his speeches. Joe Biden is a low IQ individual. He is truly the worst, most incompetent and most corrupt president in the history of our country. If you listen uh, in between the bluster, as you say, there are a lot of policy ideas that give us a really strong idea of what a second term Trump presidency would be like. So that really is quite rare to actually have a sense of what he wants to do with a second presidency. He has been around a little bit, making some rather controversial comments in addition to to his policy ideas, particularly on Fox News recently. Just tell us about that. Well, this was really the follow up to a lot of chatter from opponents of Donald Trump notably Liz Cheney, his nemesis in the Republican Party, who warns that... One of the things that we see happening today is sort of a a sleepwalking into dictatorship in the United States. And so in a Fox News town hall, Sean Hannity, who's a very Trump-friendly presenter, put to him... Under no circumstances, you are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Trump mused upon this idea. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border and we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. That that, that sounds to me like you're going back. And so naturally, this set a lot of hairs running. Yeah. uh, Because he'd used seemingly frivolously used the dictator word In fact, Trump has doubled down on these types of comments, and he repeated at an event in New York uh, shortly afterwards. You know why I wanted to be a dictator? Because I want a wall, right? I want a wall, and I want to drill, drill, drill. And I think it's this toying with the idea of dictatorship, which is exciting many of his fans and chilling many of his opponents. I mean, that really is the remarkable start of an election. You know, last American election was pretty hairy. This this is pretty extraordinary. We've never seen somebody billing themselves as, as a dictator, even if it is just for a day. It kicks off in earnest with the Iowa caucus later this month, when Republicans will begin the process of choosing who their presidential candidate will be. One of those, of course, is Donald Trump. There are others running against him. Is he going to get that backing? So at the start of 2023, it looked like he had a a really strong contender in Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor, and was seen as the coming man of the Republican Party. Obviously, Trump could win the primary. Uh, I'm not convinced he can win the general. I can. However, what happened during the year was that Trump has, despite all of his travails, just built an enormous groundswell of support among Uh, the Republican faithful, which has seen him very regularly in national polling, 
recording over 50%. We've seen DeSantis fall to the range of just around 20%. And the next most prominent rival is Nikki Haley, a former South Carolina governor and ambassador to the United Nations. I agree with a lot of Trump's policies. I think he was the right president at the right time. But looking at the situation now, our country's in disarray, the world is on fire, and chaos follows him. And we can't have a country in chaos for four more years or we won't survive it. She has come up on the rails because she performed very well in Republican debates. But Trump, uh, in most polling, is still a very long way ahead and will be hard to catch. So Trump is storming ahead in the polls, but a lot of people listening will be wondering, can he even stand? Because, you know, we saw headlines just before Christmas saying he'll be banned from standing in places like Colorado. What exactly does that mean? So in the US Constitution, in fact, in Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, um, there is a prohibition for candidates who engaged in insurrection from holding office uh, in the United States. And this is what was cited by the Supreme Court in Colorado when it upheld a decision to ban Trump from the state's ballot paper. It, it, was, it was a split decision. It was a, it was a close call. But this was a case that was brought by a group of voters who said that Trump should not be allowed on the ballot paper for the primary election in Colorado because of his actions on January the 6th, 2021, when he gave a rousing speech to his supporters, who many of whom then promptly went down to the US Capitol and stormed in during that uh, famous day. And it's since been appealed up to the US Supreme Court for a ruling on whether this can stand uh, in Colorado and, and indeed elsewhere, because there is another state, uh, Maine, where the, in this case, the Secretary of State has also ruled that Trump is ineligible for the ballot paper because of this 14th Amendment of the, of the Constitution. So these are ballot papers for the primaries, the contest to decide who the Republican candidate will be. Would he also be banned from standing in the presidential elections in these states? Well, yes, the logic of the ruling is that Trump is an unfit person. So there might be a, a ruling from the Supreme Court which makes all of these cases go away and he gets to stand everywhere in both the primaries and the presidential election. If that doesn't happen, if he is banned in some states... Will that impact, firstly in the primaries, will it impact his chances of becoming the Republican candidate? And then in the presidential election, would it change his chances of winning? So I don't see him having too much trouble in the primary process because of Colorado and Maine excluding him from the ballot paper because they don't have a huge say in the selection of the candidate. And the, all the bigger states, there's no sign uh, there that uh, they'll follow suit and, and and leave him off the ballot paper. But several other states that have allowed him to stay on the primary ballot paper, I think the top courts there could well come back to it. Uh, and we could see other states removing him from the ballot paper for the presidential election. I think it would be extraordinary if the US Supreme Court didn't step in and make a ruling on this. And there does seem to be a very strong argument that because Trump hasn't been even charged with, let alone convicted of, engaging in insurrection, which is the language uh, in the Constitution, 
there's a clear pathway there for the US Supreme Court to say that he, he should remain on the ballot paper and that this doesn't apply to him. The Trump team have already described these cases in places like Colorado where they're trying to ban him from standing. They've described them as a hostile assault on American democracy and an attempted theft of the election. Is there a danger that for Trump supporters and for some of those swing voters who will make all the difference, that this starts to look like the deep state versus Trump? Well, yes, that's certainly the way that it will be portrayed by the Trump campaign. But I think it increases the pressure on the Supreme Court to step in because there are an enormous number of voices, I should say, across the political spectrum saying that Americans should be able to vote on the candidates uh, who put themselves forward and it should be the voter who decides rather than the courts or the officials in, in a certain state. This isn't his only legal challenge over the year. You know, he does seem to have a number of cases against him, both criminal and civil. It feels like he'll probably spend more time in courts over the next year than he will on the campaign stump. Is any of that counting against him with voters? Every single time he's faced a new indictment, a new appearance before a court, his popularity among the Republican base has gone up. He's just been able to weaponize his criminal court appearances to convince Republican voters that he is the victim of a deep state plot to undermine his election chances and that these criminal charges that he faces in four different cases are trumped up and only really designed to tear him down. In the end, they're not coming after me. They're coming after you, and I'm just standing in their way. The baseless indictment of me by the Biden administration's weaponized Department of Injustice will go down as among the most horrific abuses of power in the history of our country. I think it already is when you think about it. And is that working? I mean, I think we all saw the, the amazing mugshot when he was in Georgia facing charges. That seemed to go wild online. This has really been the high point of Donald Trump's campaign. Immediately, within 30 minutes of having posed for that mugshot in Georgia, it was being peddled on T-shirts and mugs and bumper stickers by his campaign. And they said they made $7 million within 48 hours. He's actually got Trump facing trumped-up charges merch that is raising money for his campaign now. As it stands, it seems quite clear that he's like he's very likely to be the Republican candidate. How would he do up against Joe Biden? Unlike in 2020, when Biden was consistently several points ahead, if not more, Trump has been consistently neck and neck, if not a point or two ahead of Biden on average. And I think it's this dynamic of him being the challenger against an unpopular incumbent, it has to be said. So given Trump having the momentum of being the challenger this time round, it does look like a second term for him is more than possible. Just give us a sense of of what the political flavour would be. I mean, how different would a second Trump presidency be to the first one? I mean, he's already talked about dictatorship. Um, You know, where would his politics be? 
I think one way of looking at the sequel of Trump is not just Trump, he's back, or the return of Trump, but Trump harder would be a potential name for a sequel if it was a movie because... Trump harder. There are so many people in the Trump orbit who are working really hard at doubling down on his most eye-catching policy proposals. We had the wall in the first term. Now we've got plans for a a huge roundup uh, of people who are in the country uh, illegally or irregularly and holding them in camps on the border before a mass deportations. So really doubling down on that. Some of the big top-down policies that he's talked about include uh, a central licensing system for teachers to show that they embrace patriotic values, plans to build up to 10 new freedom cities, uh, which will be anti-woke places for people to live combined with uh, an anti-woke university that's created by the state. He's got these huge grand designs that are reminiscent of authoritarian leaders of the past and nothing like what a previous Republican president would have proposed. Is there a sense that if he does take power a second time, part of his presidency will be about revenge? Yeah, there's no question that Trump wants to use the power of the office to get back at his political enemies. He famously said at a conservative conference early in 2023, actually, that I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. Well, his retribution is aimed at what he calls the deep state actors who were investigating and prosecuting him uh, during this Biden term. So that means the Biden family themselves, certainly the, the departments and the agencies that he's shown almost the most interest in taking back control of are the Department of Justice and the FBI. And with hundreds of jobs across the administration, there are a couple of think tanks very close to the Trump orbit who are even now going through the social media accounts of potential applicants for these jobs just to see who has been on message and totally loyal. And it does look like a search for sycophants is underway for the second Trump administration. And that's a real shift compared to the first Trump administration. Absolutely. When Trump came in in 2016, he had no government experience. And so he had to take recommendations from the party machine. And that ended up in having a lot of people in his cabinet even who were totally unaligned with his own views. And John Kelly, a former chief of staff, for example, who resisted some of his demands and in his biography has talked about how they slow walked or even tried to gloss over some of Trump's ideas they felt were not uh, suitable to be enacted as government policy. He's already said he would quite like to be a dictator, at least for a day, as leader. Are we looking at a more authoritarian version of a President Trump? Well, if being surrounded by sycophants and expecting that your every word, your every whim is implemented, if that's your definition of authoritarian, that's what Trump wants. 
in his second term. Coming up, with talk of children in cages, drill baby drill and pulling out of NATO, how might Trump 2.0 play out? And just how fragile is American democracy? That's all in just a moment. If you're a Time subscriber, firstly, congratulations. But also, did you know you can now access Inside the Newsroom, our bonus episodes going behind the scenes at The Times. They're on Apple Podcasts, and if you want to know how to find them, we have a simple step-by-step guide at thetimes.co.uk forward slash bonus podcasts. They're just for Times subscribers, so if you're not one yet, maybe you should be. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. One of the defining policies of Donald Trump's time in the White House was to build a wall to stop migrants coming through the southern U.S. border. Immigration is back in 2024 as a key policy in Trump's campaign. And this time, he's determined to finish the job he started. So Joe Biden on day one put a stop to building the infamous wall that uh, Trump was trying to build along the border with Mexico. And of course, the rush of people to claim asylum at the southern American border has only continued. And in fact, there was talk in November, December 2023 of up to 10,000 people a day still showing up at the southern border. And Trump wants to put a complete stop to that. And that would involve a range of policies. We've touched upon this plan to round up millions, they say, of people who are in the country irregularly. Given the unprecedented millions of Biden illegal aliens who are invading our country, it is only common sense that when I'm reelected, we will begin, and we have no choice, the largest deportation operation in American history. We have no choice. That will involve processing them in enormous camps that are located uh, near the border in scenes reminiscent, perhaps, 
of of an earlier, more terrible era in Europe when people were rounded up. I mean, this is where the fears of uh, authoritarianism are also really taking root among liberal America. Yeah. And the rhetoric that Trump's using around this. They're poisoning the blood of our country. That's what they've done. They poison mental institutions and prisons all over the world. They're pouring into our country. Nobody's even looking at them. They just come in. Well, this has led even Joe Biden and the White House to respond. President Biden's re-election campaign denounced the comments, saying Trump parroted Adolf Hitler. The Nazi leader criticized the mixing of races in his Mein Kampf, arguing the originally creative race died out from blood poisoning. They don't like it when I said that. And I never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that in a much different way. And they're destroying the blood of our country. They're destroying the fabric of our country. But that's where the immigration debate is. And I think it's, it's because going hard on the immigration debate was really at the base of Trump's success in 2016. And in terms of the people he's surrounding himself with, are they people who would, who would back this, who would enable these policies? There are some pretty hardcore names being floated by the likes of Donald Trump Jr., who obviously remains a very close advisor to his father. He's put forward Mike Davis, a rather extreme Iowa lawyer, as a suggestion for attorney general. Davis previously worked in the Senate, uh, helping to push the confirmation of uh, right-wing conservative judges. And he's been a real champion of cracking down on immigration. We're going to deport a lot of people, 10 million people and growing, uh, anchor babies, their parents, their grandparents. We're going to put kids in cages. It's going to be glorious. We're going to detain a lot of people in the D. See Gulag uh, and Gitmo and uh, list number five. Gitmo, meaning Guantanamo Bay. So perhaps he was getting carried away on a right-wing podcast, but he is one of the names that's been mentioned by the inner circle as a potential official in, in the administration. So you've got a tranche of characters around him who have very strong opinions on immigration. His own language, as we've said, has eerie echoes of the 1930s. Some people are saying, you know, he is drawing comparisons to characters like Hitler and Mussolini. What does his team say when those comparisons are made? So there was a speech in in November where Trump in New Hampshire attacked... The communists, Marxists, fascists and the radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country... This rhetoric, which again evoked the rhetoric of the fascist 1930s, that's what we're talking about, vermin living within our own country, Mm. uh, was criticised naturally by many liberal commentators. But Trump has a very pugilistic spokesman called Stephen Chung, who in a former life was the communications director for the Ultimate Fighting Championship uh, based in Las Vegas. It's an unusual background for a politico. Exactly. But you can see what makes him the type of fighter that Trump likes. And to those who say that Trump was sounding more like Hitler or Mussolini, uh, Stephen Chung responded to them that this was a ridiculous assertion and that these were clearly snowflakes grasping for anything because they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. 
and he added that their sad, miserable existence will be crushed when President Trump returns to the White House. I'm not sure that will have been reassuring. David, that's the, the fears for a lot of liberals at home about what will happen with policy inside America if Trump comes back. 2024, one way or another, is also going to be a key year for foreign policy. We've got ongoing wars in Ukraine and Gaza. We have the threat looming over China and Taiwan as a constant. Do we know where a President Trump 2.0 would stand on those issues? So we've long heard from Trump that he would end the war in Ukraine on his first day back in office to contrast himself, obviously, with the billions and billions of dollars that Biden has committed to the defence of Ukraine. There's no further detail from Trump about exactly what this would mean, but most commentators agree that that would see the conflict frozen where it is and the borders perhaps redrawn to reflect where the troops are on the day that Trump comes to office. The policy towards the war in Ukraine gives the clue that this is really turning back to a more isolationist, America-first foreign policy. Trump did threaten at a NATO summit that he could withdraw America if the European members didn't step up and greatly increase their defence spending. And this is much more now on the agenda. It is the strong suspicion of many traditional supporters of NATO that Trump does not want to commit America to the common defence if Russia was to invade Poland or the Baltic states. This will be great news for Russia. So you've got a double whammy there. He'd want to end the war in Ukraine and potentially pull America out of their support for NATO. Will he have isolationist policies when it comes to energy? It's just another example of how Trump is a really populist in his instincts to want to protect American production and promote a return to American self-sufficiency in fossil fuels. We're going to close the border. Day one, the border gets closed. And day one and a half, we drill. You know, we drill, baby, drill, 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 drill. It's just a given that they will once again pull out of the Paris Agreements. They will end targets for electric vehicles, for example. It will be a, a turn back to the fracking and shale mining of the Trump era that saw petrol prices come down and American exports of fuel rising. So, David, what do you think it'll mean for America? It does have to be said that there is a limit to what Trump can change because he is limited to one more term. A president can only serve two terms. But also to change the Constitution, you need a two-thirds majority in Congress. So some of the wilder fears about Trump are probably unfounded, but he's so unpredictable and mercurial uh, and he'll be, if he gets it, a second-term president usually feels pretty free to do what they like because they don't have to face the voters again in four years. 
that it's making for something really unpredictable and nerve-jangling for many Americans. You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, US editor at The Times, David Charter. You can find all of David's work and his coverage of the American elections at thetimes.co.uk with a subscription. The producer today was Sam Chantarasak. The executive producers were Fiona Leach and James Shield, and sound design was by Hannah Varrell. If you can, please do leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. <laughs>